Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's September 11th, and it's Wednesday, and of course that day has much gravitas. I think all of us that were alive at the time remember exactly where we were when that all went down. Just a terrible time in human history. But let's move on from that, and let's talk a little bit about uh, sort of the day in Tesla, and uh, I want to do a couple of letters. And before I do the letters, let me just state again that when I say people's name, I'm going to get them wrong. And I'm not making fun of people. You can make fun of me, though. It's okay. I have a form of dyslexia, and it is very difficult for me. I'm going to try because, you know, you need some props. So the first letter, of course, is really hard for me to pronounce. And it's by Zebnik Veselowski. And so forgive me. But he sent me this letter, or she. But this letter says this. You Americans, you Americans need to understand about EVs. Because Ford just did a big study. And in this study, they asked people about EVs, and 4 out of 10 Americans think EVs need petrol. It wasn't much better for Europeans, let me tell you. 4 in 10 Americans think EVs need petrol. And more than 90% of individuals polled by Ford stated that they didn't believe that quick acceleration and a great driving experience is a benefit of electric cars. What? Yeah, we take for granted, those of us that have electric cars or are interested in this stuff, or read even just a little bit about it, that... You know, everybody knows about this stuff. So I find myself, and no doubt you find yourselves, explaining some of the most fundamental things to people who just don't know. And that is one of them. So the putting having to put gas in there is a little bit weird, although I kind of understand it. I understand it because, you know, there's um, plug-in hybrids and they need gas and extended range EVs and they get gas. So it's understandable that a lot of people are confused by by this. And of course, many of us remember that there was a picture that surfaced uh, last year, I think it was, of a lady who was just trying to find, she was at a gas station trying to fill up her Tesla with gas, or her friend's Tesla, or spouse's Tesla, or somebody had lent her a car, or it was her first time out, and she had this fundamental misunderstanding. And it was humorous, but at the same time, it really pointed out what Ford's talking about, in uh, these studies. Now, I don't know the methodology of these studies, but I think the point is probably basically correct. Another stat here that it says between 67 and 68% of Americans and Europeans believe that EVs are not capable uh, of towing or hauling. So all of this is uh, just shows that we all have some work to do. So get out there and do your splaining because it's really word of mouth. It's people like you that know about this stuff that's going to improve some of those numbers. Now, it's never going to get to zero, right? Because there's still, I think, some number like 20% of people don't believe we landed on the moon, for example. So, you know, there's never going to be a complete uh, penetration of scientific information, as it were. And I also said something about uh, the vegan Model 3, and Michael Smithers wanted to say something in this regard. I said, look, uh, whether it's vegan or not vegan, I wasn't so sure it's such a big deal, because if it's not vegan then it has to be plastic in there in some form, and maybe that's bad. And he used it as an opportunity to say, well, you know, being vegan is kind of a cool thing because it's such a low-carbon footprint compared to eating meat. So I'm just going to use this as an opportunity. It was a longer email than that to say, Michael, you're right. After you sort of start electrifying the grid more and more and using uh, electric cars to get around and use renewable energy for those cars, The next big thing, and obviously I say next, I mean simultaneously, the other thing we need to do as a society and as individuals is eat a lot less meat, particularly beef, because beef you have to clear a lot of land and because the cattle themselves produce a lot of methane and it's just a bit of an environmental disaster. Delicious for those of us that like meat, but an environmental disaster. 
And I'm one of those people, and I think I've said it before, I grew up in uh, rural Australia, and I used to eat beef about six or seven days a week. Every night we would have steak. It was just like what we did on the farm. And so I'm somebody that uh, grew up eating lots of meat. And until fairly recently, we're still eating lots of meat. I actually tried to become a vegetarian in the 80s after reading all this stuff about global warming back then, 30 years ago. I'm like, wow, I should really become a vegetarian. It didn't stick. I did it for six months to a year. I found it very difficult. What I'm doing is what I think a lot of people are doing. is like, well, you don't have to become a vegetarian to save the world. But you should significantly reduce your meat intake. And you can do that now so much easier than I could 30 years ago. So there's a lot of meat substitutes which are so good. And there's some great vegetables and fruits and stuff as well. But the meat substitutes are just so good now, you can really get away with it. So I can go and have a burrito and I can have sort of a form of tofu in there. And I cannot tell the difference between the beef burrito and the fake burrito, the fake meat burrito. That's the kind of thing. And you know, we've all heard about these uh, fake meat burgers that are at Burger King and other places. And again, I just find them outstanding. So that's one way to do it. It's interesting because when you talk to vegetarians, and I have lots of friends that are vegetarian, and they're like, oh, why is this a big deal? Because meat's disgusting. I hate the taste of it. So this is really for people who are trying to transition to eating less meat. Um, having that sort of flavor and that texture is still really important to a lot of us. And so, you know, we really like those vegetarian burgers. But it's very interesting. Sometimes when you give one of the meatless burgers, the really good ones, to a vegetarian, they're like, that's disgusting. <laughs> So it's for us who are trying to cut down on meat, where I think they're very useful. Corey Boiling sent me a little note about the CNN town hall. You know how there was that seven-hour unwatchable <laughs> town hall about climate change? Unwatchable because of the length. There was a section in there where Mayor Pete, what's his name? Buttigieg? 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 Mayor Pete, it's Edie. Nobody can say his name right. Well, nobody in this room. And I'm the only person in this room. So he actually said a thing about Tesla. So here it is here. No individual can be expected single-handedly to solve this problem. It's going to require national action. And by the way, this is why we, and I, by we I mean like the human species, invented government. It's for dealing with issues that are too big for each of us to deal all acting on our own. This is the perfect use case for good government decisions. So when you look at the uh, transition that's needed on the consumer level, all right, one of the big things we hear all the time is, well, what will moving away from fossil fuels mean? Well, it means the internal combustion engine. Yeah. So what do you do to um, incentivize and to encourage people to move from one of the main parts of our existence, which is how we get around every day, to electric cars? Well, first of all, and this is in the climate plan that I put forward, we, we've got to make sure that we have the right kind of incentives for that. Expand the tax credits, set them up in the right way, and make sure eventually that we are requiring uh, that emissions fall to zero in American auto production. By the way, when we do that, uh, the companies can respond. The American auto industry is capable of great innovation, but we've got to set up the left and right boundaries for that. It's one of the reasons why the, the auto companies were actually ahead of the Trump administration when it was trying to pull us back. Uh, and again, this is something we try to do the right thing on personally, too. I can't afford a Tesla, but we did get a plug-in hybrid. And uh, I think that uh, the, the potential from a consumer perspective to embrace these kinds of technologies is phenomenal. We just got to do our part to make sure that the economy reflects it. And the carbon taxing is part of that. Regulations are part of that. And making sure we build a culture in which we embrace green solutions is going to be part of that, too. So that actually raises um, one really important point. So here is somebody who is middle class and uh, has a good job, and is running for president, and says, I can't afford Tesla. 
And that is the problem, right? So there's a lot of people, even at the low end, the Tesla is sort of $35,000, $40,000, and then you got to put your tax and stuff on there, is still a pretty expensive car for a lot of people. So we hope that one day Tesla will come out with a $30,000 car, $25,000, twenty, something like that, fifteen at one point. That would be great. The good news, I think, is that over time, as they're selling lots of Model 3s, then they'll start to move into the second-hand car market, and then people will be able to get themselves into a Tesla for significantly less than you can today. But I think, like Mayor Pete, there's a lot of people that would like to run on a fully electric car, but they're still just a little bit too expensive, and we need to fix that. Jay Mossbrucker, I think that's how you say it, says, according to the Tesla referral program, the Model Y referral drawings will take place on a monthly basis starting around May 1st. The new Roadster referral drawings will take place on a quarterly basis around July 1st. Has Tesla announced any winners? I haven't heard of any winners, and I didn't realize they're going to be doing drawings already. So I have not heard. I will continue to look for those, but nothing, Jay. I don't know nothing about this. Now, the next letter is really important. And here's the most important thing in this letter from Anthony Crisp. He says, I love the show and love Elon Daly. Keep up the great work. But can you please explain how cricket is played? No, I can't. Because if you don't grow up in a country where there's cricket, you can't possibly learn the rules of cricket. Because you spend your whole life as a child growing up watching, having this explained to you. You're made, forced to go out there and play this game with this ball that's very hard and comes at you that at, you know, 100 miles an hour and you start crying because you, you don't want to die. But you have to be an Australian and you've got to play cricket. And uh, so you learn it in so many different ways. And hey, it's like, crikey, mate, get over to silly mid-off. And you're like, well, where's that again? You know, it's, it's complicated. And... Uh, if you go away from uh, those countries for more than about, I think it's 15 minutes, you forget. Now, you can still watch cricket. You can still enjoy it. But when your American friend asks you what just happened, you can't really explain it. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's just, it becomes uh, incorporated into your DNA. And uh, explaining it, pretty much impossible. But in summary, it's just like if you took baseball and test cricket in particular, you made it over five days, and most of the time, almost always ends in a draw. And yet, very compelling. Mm-hmm. You're not buying that, are you? But it's true. That's why, see, you have to be brought up with it to understand. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel Hubbard. The show is Elon Daly. It's part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. I think I'm going to try and get the guys together this weekend and put on a big show, a large show, a grand show that's for all of the peoples. Because, you know, it's been about uh, two weeks, I think, since we did the last one. It's time to do another one. But I just don't know if the boys are around. But if they are, get ready for some silliness. Herbert out.